0: Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Investing with IBD for December 11th, 2019. I'm your host, Arusha Paris, and with me today in the studio, returning back to the show, is Jim Ropel, hedge fund manager and longtime customer of IBD. Thanks for being here, Jim. Great to be here, Arusha. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about the current markets, the importance of being an optimist. And we will talk about three current stocks. So let's get into the current market. Right now, we are in a confirmed uptrend. Four distribution days on the S and P, six on the Nasdaq. So we're starting to collect a little bit. But indices are near new highs, and the leading stocks are hanging in there. And more and
1: more, it seems like are setting up every day. Jim, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm probably, I'm very b- bullish. I would say, um, you know, everything I'm about to say, you have to take with if we break the 50 day on a bunch of leading stocks this is all so don't get all bullish but <laughs> the russell just broke out of a long base yep. and so that's going to add a lot of breath to the market oddly a lot of rails are making all-time highs the consumer appears to be as strong as it has been in decades and we've had this on it appears to be a very unusual not a plethora of gap ups yeah and you have like. Uh, luck and coffee qrvo um, dexcom tesla splunk vrtx ftnt i mean there's an un- it's not just a few there's a lot of yes, them. yes and generally a lot of these stocks are fairly unknown and they- i believe in the cockroach theory a lot where you know like you're looking in a cheap apartment in college and you see one cockroach come out yeah well, there's like 10 more under the cabinet right well great earnings reports In early stages usually have multiple and so I that's interesting. I see all these gaps so it's hard to be bearish plus I think we're in the early stages of a secular bull market but there's one thing that makes me exceedingly bullish it's like the public has gone mad I think they've redeemed depending on what numbers you look at but somewhere well in excess of 200 billion dollars from equities while equities are going to Mars right so they're Redeeming like it's 0809, like it's 2016, where actually the absolute dollars are greater than at any of the prior lows, and the market's at all-time highs. Like, so how does that happen? You're, you're getting these outflows right from
0: the equity markets, and and the markets continue to crawl up and, and and keep
1: climbing that wall of worry. I think the Fed has stepped. We've shrunk the share base down by nearly 50 percent in a couple decades. So all the a lot of buybacks, right? Huge buybacks, and. You've got negative interest rates around the world, so the corporations can issue debt cheaply and buy their shares back. Yeah. But it's it's hard to overstate the significance of well, what's gonna happen when they do what they normally do and they come into the market? Like we could go a great deal higher. I mean I mean what's the most what's the least likely thing to happen after you have a thirty percent up year? The least likely. That it keeps going up. Correct. Right. Except we've got the fuel on the sidelines. The yeah. public the public is so wrong. In 03, the Fed, I'm sorry. The public had, was dumping stock in billions, hundreds of billions, right near the bottom. After 02. They'd 02. They'd, they'd lost, well, they continued to sell yeah. at the very lows of the market. And what did they do with the money? They went on the largest bond buying purchase in history. So the discount rate is around 3 quarters of 1 point. I think it rose. The Fed then raised rates seventeen times, to six and a quarter percent. So they get the average American gets destroyed in the stock market fifty percent. They load up in bonds, and then the bond market crushes them again. Right. And so let's look at what's going on right now. The stock market's at all time highs. The public. We should just call him Johnny Wrongway. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sad. It's true, yeah. But but, but
0: emotions—they're—they're—they're they're, they're being led by emotions, and they're, well, they're letting their emotions make their decisions. Well, really,
1: many what ways. what possible re- Why is the public so negative when everyone's working overtime, they're earning more money than they've ever had, unemployments at crazy fifty-year lows? Yeah. Yet everyone's running around the media i think has played a part in this i i I don't have
0: sure yeah the fear fear sells right for the media so the media is incentivized to do that but but i think the other thing is you had 2000 and then you had 2008 and and those are still in everyone's memories right where so that's all you think about the stock market so they're trying to avoid the next crash i'm not going to get caught in this time
1: but that's what is so phenomenal we've lost a, a, a a class a, a generation of investors like yeah. uh, I'm just telling you ask me what I think of the general market yeah based on the trend the fact that the market has a bad day and then just levitates back up the rails the, these gap ups in these leading stocks is a very big deal the early stages of secular bull the money the position of money in America charging into bonds selling stock I don't think this unwinds for a long long time uh, we'll have corrections, right? And again, this could be the one time in a couple hundred years <laughs> that the public gets it right. But right. I'm going to go with the odds, right? Right. Uh, so I'm bullish, and, and and there are a lot of bases. There are even more
0: bases setting up now too, right? There, are all the the cloud stocks are starting to come back. It seems like they're starting to build the right hand sides of bases, so you could have a whole new group of of the, the, which were the previous leaders. In in 2017 and and through a lot of 2018 and the beginning of 2019, too, coming back. And and they're still
1: innovating. They haven't stopped innovating. They're definitely trying. I mean, if, if the cloud stocks are getting really ragged, like I think they scared everybody out in the end of the summer. Right. And now they're starting to wear people out. Like today was a bad day with AYX getting crushed yesterday after a huge gap up. But a real sign of a great bull market is when you have a lot of gap ups in leaders, but then they get supported. In other words, they gap up and they stay up. Yes. So, kind of like after a follow through day, if you have a couple big gaps, if they roll over, you're you're, you're they probably is not going to work, but they're being supported. Like every name I just rambled off and I could I could name 10 more uh very bullish that they're being supported. And the cloud stocks are kind of making me nervous. Like they're starting to wear me out and yeah. I am the most patient person ever. Well, the last time
0: you were on the show, you, you, you spoke about a, a few cloud stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of them was ServiceNow. Yes. And and so you were holding you were holding an 8% position. And so once you've given us uh, an update on, on where you are, did you get out of that stock? You're still holding that
1: stock, riding through the base as it, it's building? It's starting to come back. I am a glutton. Uh, but I mean, again, my cost is significantly lower, right. but I actually started to add just a little bit as it was running up the right side. I'm holding... And I mean it's still serviceNow appears to be holding up a lot better than these others it was actually up today while all the other cloud stocks were down. So if this thing clears 285, I will be buying significant amounts of stock but the big negative is this group you you just have to have the group in gear and it's not there yet so right. i I probably have I have three small positions in cloud stocks and I they're starting to wear me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't sold any. I've okay. not I mean I'm just an optimist at heart.
0: Yeah, and, and we will definitely get into you being an optimist a little bit later in the show. Now, there there are some other things that you're, you're seeing in the markets. The European banks have been uh, acting better, which is a little bit strange and unusual, but you don't fight the market. What what are what are you seeing there?
1: I there's so much overhead supply in them. I would not dabble in them but it's kind of like we're going to war in 1990 and the news media was so thick and black with negative like literally there was a report that the federal government ordered 40,000 body bags I mean this the the news was so thick with negativity and it's just like these European banks like when it looks like the world is going to end Deutsche Bank's balance sheet is a toxic waste dump they're never coming back all of a sudden, they start rising from the ashes. I mean, how did the Greek stock market end up running when, again, their whole government's balance sheet is a toxic waste dump? Right. Well, I mean, maybe this QE in Europe is working. I don't. I don't know, but I, I don't argue with the trend. I mean, I'm just—if someone put a gun to my head and said buy or short, I'd long. Right. <laughs> gotta be.
0: Right. And and so you're you're seeing the rails coming. You're seeing some retail coming. Biotechs too, right? That they're they're, they're starting. They've been acting. They've been acting. This has been. It's been a few years since they've been acting this well. Maybe even longer than a few years.
1: I have a long history with Biotechs and my father, and I. I intrinsically love them, but I hate them in reality because I've been destroyed in them. Yeah. But the breadth of the market, getting into Biotechs is fantastic. I, I personally dislike them greatly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a lie. I lo- I like Insight a lot. It has great earnings. I mean, it's one of the rare Biotechs that have earnings. Look earnings matter and we've had this unusual string of smile direct club and uber and lyft and i could name you know a bunch of uh, cloud stocks yeah no earnings the only area of froth i can see is that these earning list stocks have been a- allowed to go public and inflate that is in a market of total pessimism and hate by everybody that's the only froth i can see so i, I mean it's great for breath and everything but i'm just going to stay away from <laughs> it i mean i'll buy anything with earnings i mean if Bill was sitting here and you showed him a stock without earnings, he'd be like, well, what are you doing? He goes, here's 20 stocks that have earnings. Why would you monkey with that stuff? And I feel the same way.
0: Yeah, it, it really is amazing. I mean, And, and we can, we're we having the master's program this week, and that, that's why you're in town. You are truly a student of the market. Because
1: how many master's programs, how many IBD seminars have you, have you come to? I was thinking about that. I think my first one occurred in around 1994. I had to borrow the money from my mom. Wow. Wow. Uh, it was, and I'd been to a bunch of free ones. But since that year, some years I'd I'd fly out here to see him three times, or wherever the heck he was. And you know, some years I would go just once. But do do the math: twenty seven or thirty years by one to three. I mean, a lot, a lot, yeah. lot.
0: Yeah, and, and you've had success uh, had success over the the years using this system, and and uh, you're still coming back, and and you're still learning. You never stop learning, right? I, I think that that's a uh, I it, it's, it's a pretty good lesson for everyone that
1: you you, you're, you just, you got to keep, hum, you got to stay humbly and keep learning. I learn something every time I go and it, it helps to reread my notes. Like I have a stack of notes, literally, it's, it's that deep. Mm-hmm. And some nights I'll just sit and try to read half of them in a night. And I'm like, God, this is such great stuff, but you have to remember it. Cause yeah. if you don't relearn or reapply, I don't think you need one hundred books in the stock market. You need three great ones, yep. and you need to reread them over and over. Because if you just practice and you don't study, you lose it. You lose, and then you're going to have some bad performance, and then you'll read them again. Right, it's <laughs> <That's> true. <terrible. laughs> and,
0: and it's amazing. It's especially the "How to Make Money in Stock" book by, by that Bill wrote a number of years ago. I've found over the years, as as I've gone through cycle after cycle, those words change. There, uh, there's new meanings that come out of the book because my mind now is ready to pull those new meanings. And I, I, and I don't even realize, like, well, I didn't even realize he was talking about this. You know, it took me years to understand the gems that he had in that book. I think,
1: listen, Bill's book is the Bible, and, but I think the book that is kind of like a, a, a wine that's aged, it's like a California cab that's aged for 20 years, is Reminiscences yes. because yes. he speaks about the art the finer points, and if you don't have experience, you're going to read reminiscences, and you're going to be like, oh, I don't have, I don't understand. Bill's book, you're going to understand most of that, but in reminiscences, until you've read it five, six times, that's it. Kind of starts to. I'm like, oh my, I understand exactly what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, especially
0: the turkey story. Where old where man it's turkey, it's a bull market. It's a bull market, you know. That is.
1: I love that story.
0: <laughs> I mean, let, let's co- briefly touch on it, then we'll, then we'll take a break. Uh, I mean, the brilliance of old man Turkey is he's not trying to ca- capture every wiggle. So, so someone else, a younger person, comes and says, hey, you know, you made some money here, why don't you sell? And it's going to pull back and buy it back. And old man Turkey's saying, I'm going to hold for the primary trend. And I'm just going to keep holding until
1: that trend breaks. I paid a dear price for that stock the trend is up and no matter what you say that's an opinion but the trend is up yep. and one of my friends who i flew out here with cubby bears yes. gave me a ton of golf balls that are stamped turkey on them because he's like no one sits like you and that's what he put on my golf balls <laughs> that's beautiful so
0: the indices continue to hold near new highs and stocks are hanging in there and more and more stocks are trying to participate in this rally. Let's take a quick break, but when we return, we are gonna talk about the importance of being an optimist. Stay tuned. Hi everybody, Arusha here. IBD is hosting a free investing webinar on Thursday, December 19th, and you don't want to miss it. It's called Trading Strategies for the Opening Bell, and it's hosted by David saito Chung and Ed Carson, two veteran members of the IBD Markets team. They're going to show you how to gain an edge on the market by planning optimal trades ahead of the opening bell and then executing your plans using time-tested rules. This webinar is free to watch, so sign up today. Go to investors.com slash webinar to save your spot. Jim Ropel is our guest on Investing with IBD. Okay, Jim, let's go over the importance of being an optimist because it, it's critical to doing well,
1: really well in life, but uh, well in the, especially well in the stock market. Well, there's no question. I mean, optimists prevail. They in almost everything. I mean, I think Bill once said, I've never met a successful pessimist. Yes. And I mean, you see all these people who've blown out in the market and they're just negative, they're short sellers. Um, but I think understanding the big picture and the possibility of things um, that Tesla maybe could become the biggest auto manufacturer in the world. And then you've got Jim Kleinos or whatever his name is—he's the biggest bear. He's like, someone says, "Well, what do you think the value is?" He's like, zero <laughs> Well, actually, the stock's in an uptrend now. They beat earnings like significantly. They might have straightened out their manufacturing issues. And if you can't identify the possibilities, like how big is the total addressable market? Like with Teladoc. Yep. Think about the possibilities. Well, we have a shortage of healthcare providers. And it's a 50% cheaper solution than going to the doctor. Yeah. And it's a much more convenient solution for the patient. Yeah. Right? Well, how, how big could that be? Well, if you're a pessimist, like that Forbes article that was written last December that drove the stock down like 60%. Okay. But if the stock gets into an uptrend, you've got to go, well, the population of America is 360 million of documented citizens anyway. Yeah. Well, what percentage could they capture? Now, a pessimist is going to go, well, it's never going to happen. You've got to see the big picture. Um, I have a really, really good friend who's a dentist, who's really a trader. And I, I, he had a, I gave him a trading book and I inscribed it to a man who has the greatest vision because he can see a stock and he goes, yeah, it's, um, CME was one of them and CMEs call it at 200 and he goes, you know, he goes, I think it could run to 400 in a couple weeks. And I'm like, you've lost your marbles. (laughs) Guess what it did? (sighs) You've got to have Pessimists never say things like that. Yeah, You you just have to have the ability to understand what the possible big picture is. And what if it all goes right? What could that stock do? And uh, this carries over way beyond the stock market. I mean, uh, the biggest houses you see, very few pessimists living in them. It's true. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's my view on that.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it is a mindset in, in in many ways. It's a mindset that you probably can train yourself uh, over time to, to start looking more, becoming more optimistic and thinking about the possibilities instead of what bad things could happen. Because I, I know when I was younger, I'd always think about the downsides, right? And, and it, it took me a while and just reading different books and things like that. And slowly, I guess my, my mind started to change
1: and, and look at the, the bright side. I think it's a virtuous cycle. Yeah. You think positively, you have some sus- success and now you have a reason to believe in it and it starts to work. Now, you can not disregard the dangers. You have to sell when the stock violates the guardrail. You have to You have to be prepared for the next bear market. Now, you mentioned we had this two major bears. Yeah. We had two once in a generation bears right. in ten years. Yes. You have to be prepared that we might have another, but you so cutting your losses is job one. But once you take care of the possible dangers, you have to look on the... In so many of my notes, it says, when in an uptrend, lean bullish. When you're running into an earnings report, and assuming you really intimately understand the fundamentals, you ha- you should sit. You, I think they're going to beat by twice what the market thinks. You, if you're sitting there, they're going to miss, they're going to miss. That stock is going to flinch, go down on low volume, mm-hmm. and you're going to puke it up. Yeah, And it's just... We're still talking about pessimism, optimism. So yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get take this too far to tangent.
0: No, no, no. And and so now, now one thing, and and this is one one thing that I've learned from you is, you know, when you're going a lot of times for that home run swing, or when you get get that stock, that great game, potential game changing company, you're gonna ride through it, kind of like what you've done with ServiceNow. You're gonna get, you're gonna hold that position a little bit, or hold some of that position. And, and and see if that primary trend truly ends. I
1: think you. That's how you get a three hundred percent gainer, a two hundred percent gainer. But I also learned a very valuable lesson. Um, one time I was at markets or uh, the, the. I was at, on O'Neill class and I was in the front row, and a guy who knows me really well leans forward. and goes, "Hey, he goes how you doing this year?" And I go, "I'm up two hundred and thirty percent." He goes. Are you insane? He goes, why don't you sell? <laughs> and I looked around and I go, ego? I don't know. That topped the market, and I ended up going from up 230% to up 150% in just a very brief number of days. Wow. So the lesson I learned was when you have a monster, whether it's the whole account or whatever, if you make life-changing money, I don't care how high you think it go, you, you have to realize it. Yeah. Because if you you got to weigh what's the loss pot- how much am i going to hurt if i lose this dollars whether or if it triples what's going to be more painful so when you have a life changing gain you have got to realize it and i've seen me personally i did i've done this a few times and i've seen a lot of other people do it so that's the lesson in there
0: yeah no i it's it's a very very good lesson and and you know hopefully you know listeners out there are going to be in that situation but they'll probably do you know do the same thing that, that you've done many others, because I've heard that story plenty of times, and I, I've felt it too, where you start feeling like I got this, right? And, and, and oh my God, you know, I can do no wrong at that point. You start. You have to catch yourself. Like, let me just take something. You're off.
1: scaring me. <laughs> if you say I've got this, you, it's a lock. It's, yes. you were about you're to be done. bludgeoned. Yes. yes, you're done. The market will not let you get away with it. Right. I know. I know. It's like I'm. Get,
0: I'm actually getting good at this. You know. When it's like that part. That that's the, It's kind of like golf. <laughs> and and I know you 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 love golf, but I I know those few times where I had like a really good shot. I'm like, hey, I think I get pretty good at this. And then find, And of course, I'm hitting the next one into the, the lake and. And and all that and that's that's ego that who, who knows what it is it's not being humble and 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 respecting the power I guess
1: the intoxication of making giant money or just whether relative to you whatever yep. big money is yep. is so intoxicating and it it, it, it it's kind of like the rock star walks out on stage it's like that unbelievable rush yeah um, it's way beyond the value of the money like whether you could buy cars or whatever it's it's I was right I did all this research everything lined up. I staked my claim. I put the money down. I executed properly. the The fulfillment is it's it's intoxicating. Yeah, very intoxicating. And it, and then it leads you to do dumb things. <laughs> it's true. It's
0: very very true. So when I say I got this, a lot of times for human emotions, you're starting to get overconfident, right? And you're starting to become complacent. And you're not sticking to your rules. That's not necessarily the same thing as, as being optimistic and and think and knowing that uh, or having a, a mindset
1: that things could get better when when the conditions are there. I think there's a fine line between the two because you your risk tolerance certainly goes up when your account it just balloons. Yep. And remaining cognizant of historical parameters and what is being optimistic. Knowing stocks can go up two and three hundred percent, but knowing they retrace yes. and always, always be aware of the fact that you think it's going to go up, be the next Cisco, but it just rolls over and you. So be an optimist, but also be prepared to cut those losses and be wrong. What if the whole thing rolls over? Right. So it's it's a very fine line between being drunkenly gambling ego. And being optimistic, and I think this that could change the world. Yeah, and it's, it's really being an optimist,
0: but also learn to listen to the market, too. Yes. Because in the end, it doesn't matter how optimistic you are, the market is always going to be right. 100%. Now, let, let's talk about focus uh, and singular focus. Uh, because to get really good at anything, and especially to get good at this... In the in in the stock market, or at least our kind of strategy, you really have to be focused and sacrifice a number of things and and dedicate your life in many ways to this. What well, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, a hundred percent correct. You are right, but it's not just focus for two or three years. Mm-hmm. It's focus for decades. Okay. If you want to yeah. get seriously wealthy, you need to do this and stay disciplined for. For thirty years in my case, and I, I see no end to it. Like, if you get sloppy, the market is going to cru- is going to wallop you. Right. So it is focused. It's dedication. It's consistency. Every Sunday, going through the charts for the deep dive. Every night, look at three four hundred charts. Every index, c- keep an eye on all the variables. Like, is up to down volume still good? Persistently being focused. It's not just for. This is not get rich quick. This yeah. is. You can get seriously rich, but it s- takes a lot of time. And anyone can do it. I mean, anybody. Yeah,
0: and, and it's not just, you know, the more time you give it, your it allows your money to compound. Your knowledge starts to compound. Your experience starts to compound.
1: It's a growth. You just get better. If you stay focused and you realize your lo- your mistakes yeah. and you, you're self-actualized enough where you can say, I screwed up, and then write, a, write it down and put it on the wall maybe, you know, always sell up breaking the 50-day or whatever you're f- realizing your weaknesses yeah makes you better i mean so many people when they get into this initially are like this is get rich i want to buy a house or a car or whatever and it's not get rich quick it's time and it's not for the lazy it's really hard work and again, it's not a shock why people don't make money in the right. stock market. That's true, true. And even after
0: you've been doing it for 30 years, you still can have your down years. You, you still can, you're still, you still going to struggle, right? Because the markets aren't always the same, and the strategy is not always going to work perfectly. And that's where being an optimist is so important, too, because you have to pick yourself up off the ground. And that's always the hardest part when you when you have one of those bad years or go through a
1: really bad streak. Absolutely. You're you're going to the the method's going to go out of style. You're going to have bears, you're going to make mistakes, and I don't mean just the rookie. I mean seasoned 20, 30, 40-year vets are going to make mistakes, get ego uh, and just make s- simple honestly the better you the bigger string of success you have, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to make mistakes. It's it's part of the process. Yeah. No one is Stan Druckenmiller's record of no losses in some X number of years is like being hit by a misguided space shuttle 30 times in a row. It's it's not realistic. Right. I mean, I'm I'm elated for him. Right. But <laughs> mortals like us not going to happen.
0: Right. And, and I think another lesson uh, to to take is you don't have to watch the markets all the time, too. And that's something that people feel, especially in the beginning, you know, people they want to get rich quick and then they're going to I'm going to spend 10 20 uh, 10 hours and I'm going to watch the mark every little tick and things like that and then they burn themselves out.
1: I think Number one, you have to watch the open. Mm -hmm. You have to run a screen thirty minutes in to see the price and the volume leaders. After that, and you realize you're not in trouble or you don't need to add or anything, you're way better off to go play golf. Look every three hole, every two holes. Read the ticker monkey, who's the click monkey. Yeah, they are going to get lured in to. I mean, at some days, fidelity is going to dump two hundred thousand shares of the stock you own in a day, and it's going to go down three bucks and. and it's going to close great and you're going to get whipped out watching every tick is it's not good it's it hurts you you're much better off to take once you see the open and you see the close you need to see the first hour and the last 40 minutes and i mean look if it's a disastrous day and you might need to be cutting things right? the best time in the world is after you've had a follow through day you get long and you're in the right things and you then you just let it go And stop watching um it's like earrings on this really beautiful girl you you gotta follow it it's (laughs) it's kind of like this the lure the fishing lure yeah you cannot follow those things you it's like look a squirrel (laughs) this stock's jiggling yeah um and i want to say one thing this is really important more money has been not made by trying to reduce volatility because it it starts to break and you're like oh my p and l whatever and you sell the gem because it did something funky in her day. Yeah. And then it turns around and it goes up 200%. Stop watching and during the day. It's these aren't the stock market is not a slot machine, okay? I think the advent of click and buy versus call your broker, put the order in. It's a, it's a rigmarole. Now it's like click click and I just bought 300,000 shares of stock. Yeah. The and that the brokers are there to make money. They're like the casino, literally. Yeah. This is not a slot machine. The wiggles don't matter. Just stay with the trend and the leaders, and you're gonna you can make some serious money. That's excellent. So remember, the
0: big winners are always the optimists, and never remember, uh, always remember to be a student of the market, and you can always learn something more. Coming up next, Jim and I will talk about three stock ideas. We'll be back. Hey, Arusha here with a big announcement. We have launched a brand new interactive video broadcast called IBD Live. IBD Live takes you behind the curtain to see how professionals trade. Log on and watch live as IBD's analysts and portfolio managers follow the first hour of market action and pick winning stocks. You get to listen to our conversations, see our screens, and ask us questions all in real time. If you've ever wanted to trade alongside a team of experts, this is your chance. Go to investors.com slash IBD live and sign up to get your first two weeks for free. We are back with Jim Ropel on investing with IBD. Okay, Jim, let's go over some current stock ideas that are on your radar. Uh, the first one is Coupa Software, ticker symbol C-O-U-P. And uh, nice uptrend, they're forming a base. What do you like about these guys?
1: Well, the question might be, what's not to like about them? I mean, if you just look at the numbers, if you took a template of a TML, true market leader, and laid it over this, all the bubbles would be filled in. It has, last quarter they beat by 233% on estimates. Revenue growth is 54%. Institutions are in it pretty significantly, and I mean good institutions. Relative strength, 96 SD rating, supply-demand, for a company that has a market cap this big, it's very high. SD's supply-demand, it's a measure of the trading volume in relation to the shares outstanding. Once you get up into the 80s and 90s, you can really get a stock. That can really lift off. Um, up to down volumes, 1.5. It just it has everything. Earnings estimates, 100% this year and 31 next year. They beat. It just it has most now. The one negative, and there's this one, mm-hmm. is that the group is really struggling. Um, yeah, they're
0: currently ranked 68, and, and and yeah, and the numbers. But they're they're starting to build those right hand side bases.
1: It, it is it, it, it. This possibly could be uh, an unusual pattern called a diamond pattern. Okay. Um, and the the volume pattern is not exquisite by any stretch at this minute. It's re it's digesting and the one other thing is it's already had a big run so this hopefully would be a brand new base and start all over but when you say to a company the fundamentals are we're going to look at your budget and mm-hmm. we're going to save you money i mean that's an oversimplification but yeah. customers who sign up with these this with Coupa are saving money immediately so the fundamentals let me save you some money how does right. that sound
0: yeah no it's they it, they put everything just on a nice dashboard and you can very clearly see all your expenses right there, and, and it just enables you to to cut costs and, and become more efficient, and that's what every company is looking for.
1: Yeah. I, I have to say, we've been in a great run, and this stock has not come out yet, and so some of the the true market leaders are already out, something yes. like a Dexcom right. or a Corvo, Q-R-V-O. So the, the stocks that aren't already extended, There's they're saying something, and this one just might need to ferment or age, right? Or or yeah, or it
0: it may be the next rotation, yeah, right? Where where it just seems like every quarter it goes into a a new group or new sector, Mm -hmm. and and
1: maybe that's what these guys are setting up for. I hope so. Well, first of all, I'm excited about it, and um, I like the base, and I like the fact that it is nine percent off the high when most of these cloud stocks are still significantly so. In that space, Coupa and now appear to be. The leaders or potential new leaders. Yeah, the relative
0: strength line is strong. R- RS ratings in ninety six still, uh, and th- I mean those numbers triple digit earnings. So those always kind of stick out. Those are the ones. But uh, don't get me wrong. You should not be in this stock now. Correct. You should not be anticipating. So let's go to the second stock. The second stock is Dexcom, DXCM, and these guys broke out. Uh, On a strong earnings report, they had an earnings gap, and it has been running for a while. It started to come in a little bit over the last week or so, so it it was due for a little bit of rest, but what, what do you like about these guys?
1: Well, what percentage of the population in the U.S. is obese, and what percentage has diabetes or is going to have it, Yeah. and what percentage do they have market share right now? It's minuscule. And they have a better mousetrap than the other competitors. They... The earnings gap wasn't just the earnings gap. It was an earnings gap on 7.2 million shares, which was the heaviest volume it's ever traded, I think, at least in a long time. Um, the estimates for 283% growth this year. Institutions, Fidelity is, is in this significantly. Last earnings beat was a 225% beat on a 49% sales growth. Estimates are huge. Relative strength is great. It's in a good sector it's not elite sector but still very good Um, you know one of the greatest edges you can ever get is finding out that fidelity just bought say a tiny little position Uh in one fund because what happens is the biotech analyst goes to or whatever sector analyst goes to all the offices and all the PMS and they say well what's your best idea and he goes oh it's Dexcom so if you can find that one of these guys bought it, you can pretty much rest assured that over the next six months, they're all going to buy That's
0: it. That's interesting.
1: It's it, it's, re, it's, it's, like, it's really a gem. To, to find out Fidelity already has 20% of all the shares is a problem. Right. But to find out they just took, if one fund at yep. Fidelity took a tiny little position, rest assured, the rest of the elephants are coming your way, and they have that. Um, and they also, when Fidelity's in there, it's a super quality stock. This is another template. Now, now, this one is better than Siebel. I'm sorry. Koopa looks so much to me like Siebel from a million years ago. I can't, It's in yeah. my head. It, <laughs> yes, but um, Dexcom is better because it's already out. It's telling you, hey, look at me. The question is, if you missed the gap or you chickened out, now how do you work your way in? Yep. And that is a real conundrum.
0: Yeah, yeah. You may have to wait for another Basis set up, or maybe a three weeks tight. You have to repla- uh, remain disciplined, though, and be ready
1: for. Look, there's only a couple times a year when you should be taking initial positions. You should not be taking full positions on a three weeks tight unless you have an elite, elite, rare situation. And this goes to over trading. You really should be in cash when the market's bad, and when it goes, when it turns up, you need to go long and go long big. But once it's gone starting whole new positions on a three weeks tight or some tiny little digestion, I your agree. risk is very, very high, yep. and your odds go down. You ha- so that f- really reinforces the follow-through day and getting on it right now, even when it looks like the government just ordered 40,000 body bags, and two days later, the market follows through. Yeah. You, so, tangent.
0: It, it, no, it, it's, a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good lesson because every time after, after you have a serious correction... It's hard to get into a fall through day, right? Because it's amazing how quickly your mind can just shift. Where if you see it starts, at least for me, you start. I see start see uh, start seeing stocks come down at for a few weeks. Even though I'm out of the market, you just start to think that wow, the stocks are never going to go up. It's just almost human nature, and that's why you have those rules because it's so hard
1: to uh, you know let your psychology snap you out of it and get in at the right time. The better the opportunity. The darker the time frame will be. The, it, there'll be something horrible, like something catastrophic. Like the uh, savings and loans, all of the savings and loans in the whole United States are going to go to zero. The banking system's going to implode, and then all of a sudden, you have these thundering follow-through days. Yeah. So you you cannot go well. The the SNLs are still blowing up. You have to say that somebody way smarter and way bigger than me is now changed direction, and this, the tide is is coming in. I have to get in gear. You just can't, cannot, you can't fight that. that's perfect.
0: Now uh, let's talk about dominant the dominant fundamental factor mm-hmm. uh, because you, you when we were speaking yesterday about this, you, you, you used Dexcom a, as, uh, as
1: an example of this. Every stock, if you owned Dexcom six months ago, a year ago, the fundamentals were just as good then as they are today, but the market didn't care so you're wasting your time until the market cares then it's the only time you want to be involved And the the dominant fundamental factor is not just with individual names it's with the general market Mm -hmm. in other words having hypothetically if you had access to inside information about the product it doesn't matter if no one else knows the the, first of all the odds of you having that is extremely remote right but if you (laughs) did if the market hasn't figured it out yet who cares if the institutions are pushing it up it doesn't matter and on the converse let's just say there's a stock and it's rocking and you find out really negative news well even if it was a full-blown fraud well Fidelity's going to figure it's a fraud too before you and they're going to start to sell yeah. but before they figure it out they might push that stock a couple hundred percent so forget what you think you know if the fundamental factor is wait until the market believes it whether it's right or wrong, whether the general trend of the market or the stock, you've got the fun, dominant fundamental factor has got to be recognized by the market and the market's got to be acting on it. Having information that's gold that the market's not acting on is crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> well said. said. What it really is is probably
0: not true. Yeah, exactly. So let's go to the third stock, DocuSign. Now, this was a stock that you liked uh, the last time you were on the show. And and so it's since then it's been moving up and and the last time we spoke you know, the market wasn't a correction we were waiting for that fall today, but DocuSign was kind of sticking out right where it was resisting the downtrend uh, better than most stocks. Honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised. I would have thought that this would be higher uh, with the way the market act has acted the last six weeks or so.
1: Again, this goes to the group. Yeah. The group is is um. It's not quite. It's not anywhere near elite, and this stock's been difficult. I've, uh, I did buy it, and I was. I bought a bunch. And I got stopped out of a little bit, and then I added. It's been very hard to build a big position with this, and so now I finally have it, it on this big gap out we had. But again, if you look at this thing on a monthly chart, it just looks beautiful, yes. and the the volume signature. Now this really smacks of institutional accumulation. Uh, and let's talk about why. Earnings up 118%. Uh, this year estimates next year 71. The last beat, again, 266% beat on a uh, 1000% is kind of, um, we're up against one penny. Okay, But you know what it reminds me of? Amgen. Amgen in their first report they reported 32 cents against a penny Wow well that was the beginning of one of the greatest runs I'd ever seen I was just, I was a rookie broker cold call King back then but the sales 40% uh, up to down volume 1.3 I'm gonna just check the SD rating um, I can't get it right now but again institutions are in it it, it really has a if it wasn't for this sector I think the stock would be a lot higher. And let's talk about the fundamentals because it's imperative to understand Bill was primarily a fundamentalist. And so I think about the last three, four legal documents I signed, maybe Mm. the last six, all digital signatures with their product. So, I mean, I can see it in my own life. And how easy was that? Oh, it's crazy simple. Yeah. (laughs) And so it not only makes it easy for
0: everyone, it, it makes it so much more efficient yeah, you know, everyone gets to sign it. You, people, especially in, the, in an office place like w- in IBD, if you, ha- if you have a, have a number of people sign it, sometimes it, it gets on one person's desk and they they don't sign it for uh, a week or so, right? Well, uh, because, well, imagine
1: having to FedEx a package from here to London, to Singapore and back. Yeah, or, or, I mean, you know, how about we can rest it. this is an amazing product. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's uh, DocuSign.
0: It, it's extended now, so you have to. Like like uh, Dexcom, uh, you have to wait for something to set up more substantial before you can really build a big position in it.
1: And it's been tough. This has been a really tough stock to sit with.
0: Okay, so th- those are three ideas to consider, and you definitely want to take a look at them and add them to your watch list if you like them. Thanks, Jim, for joining us today. It was wonderful being here. That's it for this week on investing with IBD. Next week, we are going to have Ed Carson on the show. He is an editor at IBD, uh, and Ed and I did a webinar last year on earnings, and he is also an expert on Star Wars. There's a new Star Wars movie coming up, and we are going to have Ed give his thoughts on Star Wars and how Star Wars is very similar to the way we invest in the markets. So that's it. I'm Arusha Pires, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.